0: Well good morning everyone. So good to see so many of you in the room. For some of you it's been a while since we've seen each other and so hopefully even after the service today we'll get to catch up even if it's brief. Today we're in John chapter 16 and so you could turn there with me. John chapter 16 starting in verse 16. My name is Red Sevilla. I'm the director, launch pastor, actually. My position changed. Um, I am the launch pastor of New Life East, which is this new congregation that's forming in Nassau. Shout out to the folks who are part of the New Life East launch team in Nassau. And also for those of you watching online, welcome and thank you for joining us as well. The title of the talk today is Facing Trouble in This World. And I think you would agree there's a lot going on in our world, in our country, in our city right now. So we're in John chapter 16, starting in verse 16, facing trouble in this world. Sometimes when I think of the trouble in our uh, nation, sometimes there's a part of me that just wants to leave. And so shortly after the election, I appreciated this post by my friend Mabel, and I'll just read this, read this to you. And it read, uh, if Trump wins, I'm leaving the country. Uh, If Biden wins, I'm leaving the country. This is not a political post. I just want to travel. (laughs) So um, some of you guys want to travel as well, it looks like. Uh, Part of me wants to escape many times, but I trust that there's actually a better way. And John chapter 16 shows us this better way in facing trouble. So let's pray together. Father, we commit to you this time. Father, we're here because uh, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from your word. And Holy Spirit, would you open our ears to hear the words of Jesus Christ that empower us to face the trouble that we might experience. We pray all these things through the powerful name of Jesus. And Everybody said, Amen. Amen. So let me start this from verse 16 of that same chapter in John chapter 16, and you could turn there with me or just follow along here. Jesus went on to say, this is Jesus speaking to his followers, speaking to his disciples. It says, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. At this, some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me, and because I'm going to the Father? So they kept asking. And so you can sense this uh, heightened anxiety among his followers. They kept asking, what does this mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. And so Jesus, in speaking to his disciples, was noting this heightened sense of anxiety among his followers. Uh, there was this heightened feeling of confusion because Jesus, at this point, was leaving them. Their great leader was leaving. And so there was this anxiety, confusion, disorientation, and so it's such a fantastic passage for us because we can easily relate with some of this these anxious feelings that they're going through. In light of uh, the economic hardship uh, that's around us, in light of uh, Covid spread, in light of uh, school shutdowns, homeschooling when you didn't expect to be doing that, the racial unrest that's in our country, the political uncertainty. There's there's a lot of trouble, and so this is a fantastic passage for us. So let me continue reading here because in this passage has some good news. Give me a thumbs up, y'all, if you're ready to hear some good news. Thank you. Fantastic. And you as well, watching online, give me some thumbs up. I see those thumbs up. Thank you. And so let's just continue reading here. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, Are you asking what another what I meant when I said, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. And then just skipping to verse 30 on the next slide, he says, Do you now believe, Jesus replied, a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered each to your own home. Doesn't that sound familiar? You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. And then hear these words, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so here's a question for us today. The question for us is, how do the words of Jesus uniquely empower us to face any kind of trouble in this world? How do the words of Christ uniquely empower us to face any kind of trouble in this world? And so here's the kind of trouble Jesus was forecasting here in both chapter 16 and even in the previous chapters. And notice how you can identify with many of these things that Christ is forecasting. He's forecasting persecution and hate when they stood up for what they believed. Something I'm sure many of you can identify when you stand up for God or what's going on with the racial discussion or even in politics, standing up for what you believe. He forecasted being scattered, having fragmented community, which is something that you can see that's present even in our world today. He forecasted loss and grieving, being in a world that they were simply not used to anymore. And so the disciples were feeling fearful about the future, and if you read through these chapters, starting in chapter 14 through 17, you will see how they could have easily felt this heightened sense of anxiety, Uh, there was suffering before them, and even death. Not exactly the three most pleasant words in our vocabulary. And in short, that's what lay ahead. And so it's important to know what the reaction was of these followers of Jesus. How did they react to this? And if you read through it, even in in light of the trouble that they were facing, they resisted it. Wouldn't you do the same if you were being told that there was going to be trouble? In John chapter 14, Thomas, one of his followers, wanted to actually leave. He said, Jesus, where are you going? Show us the way. Wherever you go, I want to go with you. He wanted to travel as well, I guess. And then in chapter 18, Judas Iscariot Straight up leaves Jesus, switches political parties, leaves and betrays him. And then also in chapter 15, Peter, another of his apostles, turned violent. He turned violent as if in denial that this trouble was actually taking place. Fantastic passages to see how they reacted. And so for you, let me ask you, how, how do you react to trouble that's before you? How do you respond to trouble in our world? How do you do that? In light of uh, the, the hardship that you're facing or COVID spread, having to homeschool, racial unrest, the political uncertainty before us. And here's another way of simply asking this question. What have you placed your trust in? What do you place your trust in? When it comes to uh, finances and economics, uh, is, is all your trust on that stimulus check? Is your trust in the security of your job, or maybe in the balance of your bank account, or maybe in the balance of your spouse's bank account? When it comes to the safety in light of COVID spread, uh, are, you, are you trusting in the safety of your own home? Is all your trust in CDC protocols? Or is your trust in good health? In light of the racial unrest that's taking place, is all your trust in uh, these protests? Or in the justice system? Or just concerning the trouble of our nation, are are you trusting in the church? Are you placing all your trust in the church? And... I need to be sensitive in this area because some of these areas actually got us through the crisis, didn't it? It got me through as well. But could it be that there's actually a better way than placing all our trust in these things? Why? Because many of these things are simply temporary. Temporary. They're temporary, and they don't offer a lasting peace. And I want to I want to read you a journal entry that I I I put down, uh, and this was during uh, March and April of this year, uh, during that time period which was, was a really tough time for me. I got really really sick, uh, high fever, uh, my body was aching. Um, a very difficult time period, and then emotionally, um, I sank I sank into this dark pit. And I want to read to you a journal entry that i that I made in, on April 19th. And in that journal entry, I got to see how many of the things that I was actually placing my trust in failed me. And so I write, I realized that this pandemic has revealed these false comforters in my life. They promise comfort and peace, but they are unable to deliver. And then I listed these false comforters that failed me. Entertainment like sports, dinners out, movies, the promise of good health was gone, the promise of long life on earth. Do you remember that time period? So many reports of death the ability to effectively help others. I felt like whatever we did here at New Life was just a drop in the bucket considering the need that was out there. Being physically close to people, eating with them, hugging with them was gone. That was out of the picture. Being fulfilled by media consumption. I mean, I just got sick of Netflix and Amazon. I just got so sick of it. Did you experience that? These false comforters deceive me into believing that they will stay with me, I wrote down, uh, when I need them and never leave me nor forsake me. And then I continued, if something can be stripped, if something can be stripped during a crisis, then it's not very dependable at all. Imagine a friend of yours that leaves in a time of crisis. These false comforters are fair weather friends. And so I felt so... I felt so deceived and tricked by these things because they were offering me this peace but it wasn't a lasting peace it was like a peace that was cheap when trouble came out it went it was like this dollar store kind of kind of peace that didn't stay and i had buyers regret when i looked to these things and when i was placing so much a great percentage of my trust in it And so you could see that Jesus had to come, didn't he? Jesus had to come and speak these words to his followers. And he still comes and speaks these words to us. And so he had to come and speak these words in verse 33, highlighted here in the bottom in yellow. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world, he says. And think about that for a moment. What else or who else can make you this promise? A promise of lasting peace. Your job can't provide you that. Good health can't provide you that. A new administration cannot provide you that. But Jesus Christ makes that promise. When he says these words, in this world you will have trouble, but in me you will have peace because I have overcome the world. And if you want to do a, a, a fun word study, you got to do a word study on this word overcome. It comes from the Greek word uh, nikau. Somebody say nikau. nikau. Say it again twice as loud. Nikau. Fantastic. Thank you. Even through those masks. You guys are great. Thank you. And so this nikao, what it means is, it means conquer. It means emerge victorious. And what's fun about this word is that it implies a battle that you've gone through. And you come out on top. That's what this word means. It implies that you enter into a fight and you come out victorious. That's the fullness of that word. You enter into a brawl and you come out with your fists raised. You come out victorious. That's that's the fullness of that word. And it gets a little bit more fun actually when you look at that word overcome because it's also associated with this word niki. And it is named after the Greek goddess of victory. And so yes, the makers of that sneaker brand actually intentionally chose that name, because they wanted every single person to wear those sneakers, felt like they could go into battle and emerge victorious. They wanted every single middle schooler to wear those sneakers, feel like they could walk into any kind of court, and then come out on top. And that's why that brand, they they sponsor guys like Michael, LeBron, these athletic warriors, Kobe, Serena, Ronaldo, just so you could believe what you could be and you can emerge victorious. And if you notice, all of those posters of these men and women are always like this. You ever notice that? But can I tell you the truth? Sneakers wear out. Athletes get old. They retire. They sit on the bench. Nike is a myth but Jesus Christ remains victorious forever, forever. He enters into a battle and comes out on top. And so victory is not sneakers on your feet, it is Christ in you. Christ in you. That's what that word means. And so Let me just list the ways of how Christ was victorious when you read through Scripture and you read through John. He was, every single kind of trouble was dished out to this man. When he died on the cross, he had nothing to his name. He was penniless. He was penniless, and yet no no assistance from the government, nothing to his name, even if his clothing was stripped. From him and during that time period there was no covid and yet he had trouble getting air into his lungs and so when he when his body weight on that cross would actually uh, cause this asphyxiation this struggle to get air into his lungs and he could have easily said i can't breathe and for hours people watched him die he was abandoned and left alone And though he was brought through this justice system, he was unjustly convicted, beaten, and killed under an oppressive Roman government. But something happened, didn't it? After three days, something happened. After three days, he emerges victorious, doesn't he? After three days, he rises again. It didn't matter what the world threw at this man. He came out on top. He nikao suffering in the grave. That's how he was victorious. And so, when we think about this, this word and we think about the victory of Christ, well, how is it that his victory could be my victory? It is significant that we recognize his victory. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why he came. He had to come to us because he sees the kind of trust that we place on things that are temporary. And so in his love for you, he says, I've got something much better for you. I've got something much better for you, a peace that lasts. Do you want that today? Do you desire that for your family and friends? And so how is it? How does the victory of Christ actually makes its way to my life? And the key is in these two very small words in that verse 33, when Jesus says, in me. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you might have peace. That means when you are united with me, when you are one with me, my victories over troubles will be your victories over troubles. In me. Are you in him? Are you united with him? Or have you strayed? Maybe today is the day where you can renew that unity with him. And let me just illustrate this, this in me uh, for a moment. So, um, my, my wife and I have been married for um, 15 years this past October, and she and I are, were one, we're united. And this past summer we went to this uh, Christian family camp, and one of the games that were, was played was uh, Bible Jeopardy. And there were only uh, three players that could play, three contestants that could compete. And my wife was actually one of them, um, Bible Jeopardy. And so you can imagine, she was both nervous and excited guess who else was nervous and excited? Me. Why? Because I'm united with this woman. So her nervousness and excitement was my nervousness and excitement. So they continue the game, she fell behind a little bit, and then she tied it up, and then she takes the lead. And then she wins. She wins. She starts to celebrate that victory. And guess who else was celebrating the victory? I was. Why? Because her victory is my victory because we're united. We are united. And this is what Jesus was saying. When Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble, but in me you will have peace, take heart. I have overcome the world. What he's saying is, because we're united, my victories are your victories when we are one. Who can resist that? Who can resist being united with Christ? That's what that means. But it's very important to notice uh, where this illustration falls short. Because this illustration about this Bible Jeopardy game, her victory was my victory, but her Bible Jeopardy capacity wasn't my Bible Jeopardy capacity. I mean, To be honest, she reads Scripture more than I do. And so... Her Bible capacity wasn't the same as mine, but her victory was mine. That's where the illustration falls short. But it does not fall short when it comes to Jesus. When you're united with Jesus, yes, his victories over troubles are your victories over troubles when you're united with him. But if you read through John chapter 14, his capacity and his power become yours as well. In fact, he said this in chapter 14. He said, the works that I do, my capacity by the Holy Spirit of God, the works that I do will be your works as well. And he said, even greater works than these you will do. His victories over troubles could be yours. His capacity can be yours. And so how does this practically uh, play out uh, tomorrow? Or today, this week, when you go back to work, how does this play out? Well, when you're looking uh, when you're looking for work, and when you're looking to address economic hardship, all your trust is not in your job. All your trust is not in that next check. Your trust is in Jesus, the one who was born into poverty, and yet experienced true life and true riches. Your peace is in Jesus, even as you search for work. When you're looking to uh, protect yourself um, from sickness, um, all your trust is not in good health. Eventually, your health will fail. All your trust is not in that, but your trust is in the one who overcame every single kind of bodily harm and he nikao over suffering and death. Even as you care for your body, your trust and your peace is in Jesus. Or when you're looking to um, care for your kids, I mean, it is hard if you've got small kids at home. And all your trust is not in your ability to be able to get it together. That's not where all your trust is. All your trust is in him who is able to do for your kids' future more than you could ever achieve. Your trust is in him who loves your kids more than you could ever love them. Your peace is in Jesus even as you care for your kids. When it, when it comes to uh, the racial unrest in our country, your, all your trust is not in successful protests, but your trust is in him who was unjustly beaten and tried and killed, and yet overcame. And if you read through chapter 17, he gained over all authority, over all the governments of the world. And he also promises that one day he will come back to make everything right. That's who your trust is placed on. Your peace is in Jesus, even as you fight for injustice in the world. Christ's victories are your victories, and so here's a um, a very recent example of how this played out in the life of uh, one new lifer. I'll call her uh, I'll call her B. Uh, she struggled with uh, cancer for a long period of time. She went for treatment. She began to lose her hair, and in the few conversations I've had with her, uh, I I asked her, you know, are are you um are you afraid? And she said, sometimes. And then after she said that, she said, but I have peace because my life is in the hands of Jesus. And then her condition actually took a turn for the worse. The doctor said she only had a few weeks to live and maybe a few days. And so when um, when my wife and I visited her in, in in the hospital uh, B was on the hospital bed and uh, it was hard uh, I, I, I said to her when I leave this hospital um, it might actually be the last time that I see you and so we said our goodbyes and then uh, I asked her uh, I said B are you you think you're ready to pass are you ready to pass from this earth? And then with peace in her eyes, with peace in her eyes, she nodded her head. Cancer wrecked her body, but it could not steal her peace. could not touch her peace, because she was united with Christ. And Paul the Apostle puts it this way in Romans chapter eight. Uh, he says, "I consider these." That our present sufferings, our present trouble, are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And so here is just some possible um, next steps. And would you just stand with me as as we ask God how to lead us um, in response? How uh, what, what do you hear from this? How do you sense Holy Spirit of God speaking to you? And how might you respond? How might you follow him? How might you respond to his desire of his to be united to you? It could be that um, you simply go back and read chapters 14, 15, 16, 17. Some of you are saying, that's a lot of chapters. If you read through it, it's around four minutes each chapter. A lifetime of benefit. Maybe, Maybe that's you. Um, maybe for you, it's time for you to share. Uh, share with someone. I could, listen, let me look at me for a moment, and, and, and you as well are watching. One of the reasons why you're hearing these words today is not just for you, it's so that you can offer these words of comfort, hope, and peace to your mom, to your dad, to your friend to your co-worker to a relative the world needs this right now would you share this with someone and you can simply say hey i notice you're there's anxiety that you're going through can i can i share you a a verse that has really impacted me and then you offer the words of jesus could that be your response to this and then lastly Um, Maybe it's time for you to recognize that you've you've placed a little bit too much trust on something in this world. And it's time for you to be united with Christ, to be one with him. Maybe for you, your response is to be able to say, you know what, God, that's, I've done that. I want to be united with you, Jesus. And so, um, you can bow your heads. Let me just Uh, pray for you uh, before I go through um, some announcements as we close our time. Uh, And if this prayer resonates with you, um, there are next steps for you as well. So Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, that not only did you enter into the world of your disciples thousands of years ago, Father, your words are still impacting us now. We need you now, Jesus, more than ever. Forgive us when we've strayed, when we've placed all our trust in other things. And we receive you now. Enter into our lives. We receive you, dear Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So just a couple of things that I want to point out to you um, and also for those of you um, watching, watching online. On your screen will be um, a couple of buttons there. Uh, one says virtual lobby. Uh, the other says um, virtual prayer room. And so if you want to speak to uh, one of our pastors uh, because you say, you know, that, that, that's me. That's me. I need that peace today. Uh, you can go to um, the prayer room and receive prayer there. And you know, if if you if you're hearing this and you say, um, Rhett, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever been united with Christ like that. Would you allow us to get in touch with you? Or maybe you watching online, you you're watching this and There's this hunger, this thirst that says, I want to be united with Christ even today. And so there's this number that you can text on that screen and you can simply um, say on that text, yes to Jesus. And Jesus will text you back. Just kidding. One of our pastors representing the heart of Jesus will text you back and get in touch with you. So that might be for you as well. Um, and then for those of you, um, for those of you here, uh, just before I pray a prayer of blessing over you, um, after I pray, you can remain seated and wait for Jackie uh, to come up to give some announcements about registration. So good to see you guys. Hope to greet many of you downstairs. Um, and so as is our custom here, would you just um, put out your hands as a way of receiving? Palms up. And so for each of you here, may God bless you. May God keep you. May he cause his wonderful face to shine upon each of you and may he fill you and may he flood you with his peace that overcomes any trouble because his victory is your victory when you're united with him. That you may go in the power and in the love and the filling of His Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you, everyone.